Welcome to the Metox podcast. I'm Fran Dargaville, a functional nutritionist. My home base is in Sydney, Australia, but you'll just as often find me following the sunshine and warmer weather around the world, and of course, hunting down all the best coffee shops while I'm at it. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions, and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hey friends. So this week's episode is with a very good friend of mine. Kaylin Marisol is a writer and self-worth coach from the US. I met Kay two years ago in Rishikesh, India, and she has been such a source of inspiration for me over the last couple of years. Kay's mission and message is really to help us learn to love ourselves. I think this message really needs to be heard because even if you're eating well and doing plenty of exercise, if you're not happy within yourself, then I don't believe you're truly healthy because being happy and comfortable in our own skin is a huge part of being healthy. So learning to love ourselves can be a big process. It could take months or even years, but it's really a part of this whole holistic health journey that we're all on together. So I think you guys are going to really love this episode. Let's dive in. Hey, Kay, welcome to the show. Hi, glad to be here. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on. So I was lucky enough to meet Kay in Rishikesh, India, almost two years ago. We were doing our yoga teacher training together and... She is just an amazing, inspiring person, and I can't wait to, you know, find out her take on body positivity and whatever we get into today. I'm really happy to be here, and yes, India was incredible. I miss it every day. Yeah. Um, And I miss you, but I'm excited to be able to catch up with you a little bit and talk about the things we love. Yeah, we need to do this more often, (laughs) video chats. I agree. So where are you today? We know you're on the other side of the world. I'm in Sacramento, California. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So could you share with us how you got to where you are today? So your story, you know, maybe how you developed your take on body positivity and and what that even is as well. Yeah, so I um, grew up and at a very young age developed uh, disordered eating habits and body insecurities, I would say in middle school, starting probably around 10 years old. Um, and throughout life, it just got developed into deeper disordered eating, um, taking a lot of diet pills and never being comfortable in my skin or my body. Um, I grew up constantly comparing myself to other women and never feeling good enough. Um, And I think that I did a good job of hiding that throughout my life. Um, But on the back end of things, when I was by myself um, or at home, I just struggled really hard um, with loving myself where I was at. So I think, um, you know, throughout my life going through that and then Um, meanwhile, different things in life happen. You go through breakups and you go through challenges and you go through these things that make you question your worth, um, that are out of your control. And so that combined with my own insecurities just was a rough path for a long time for me. Um, and then I would say I moved to Sacramento when I was 19 
and I started to really learn who I was as a person. Um, I'm a writer, so I really got deep into the writing scene while I was here in Sacramento and really learning to kind of heal myself through writing and poetry. Um, and that kind of began my personal growth and my way out of all of the disordered eating and habits that I had developed over two decades of time um, on my life. So um, while I was in Sacramento and doing all that, um, I was still struggling with everything while I was trying to heal myself and um, dating different people. And I feel like I've constantly been trying to I was constantly trying to find my validation and my worth in other people because I wasn't able to do that for myself, um, which I think is something that a lot of us struggle with. And it was when I was 25, I went through a really hard time, found myself in the darkest space that I've ever seen myself, and that's when everything changed for me in the best way. Um, so 25, I was by myself. I was just after a really uh, intense breakup. And I was, again, with no self-worth, no self-love, and just feeling super empty. Um, and I remember having this conversation with myself and just asking myself, why am I here again? I'm here at square one with no one, no self-love, no self-worth. I hate myself. What did I do wrong this time? And I just had a moment of like, you're too good for this. Why are you doing this to yourself? And it was the first time that I ever questioned my negative thoughts. And I just realized that I would never have the life that I want unless I love who I am as a person on my own. Um, and if I can be whole and worthy on my own, then I can be with or without someone and still be complete. And that was the first time that I ever was like, okay, there's a different way to do this. Um, and that's kind of where my story really de developed into like the self-love and body positivity realm. Um, and within that time of not being in a relationship, I think that my journey really began to surround reconditioning my mind. And what that means is basically... I looked at my life and all the things that I had gone through um, and instead of thinking of them in a negative way, like I had done my whole life, like this person broke up with me or I hated my body because of this or my disordered eating and how it's hurt me, I really asked myself how of these things that were hard in my life helped me. So I started reconditioning my thoughts and really practicing a lot of gratitude um, for every day that I was alive and for my body and um, just started rewriting my story and um, body positivity. So how that came about is um, I knew that my main disconnect with myself was my self-love my my insecurities were owning me and I was drowning in them so I knew that that was going to be my biggest hurdle on my journey to accept and love myself and feel whole was to learn how to love my my physical body and that just took a lot of internal work so mental and emotional and spiritual um so 
how that all started, I started doing a lot of yoga and that ended up leading me to India. Um, and within starting to practice yoga, I learned about awareness and being able to know, um, to recognize your thoughts and your actions and your intentions and to have that conscious awareness of how you are living in your body. Um, so I think those three years, um, 28, so the past three years have been completely about reconditioning my, my mind um, and learning to love and own and accept my body at every stage. Um, and I think body positivity, what that is for anyone that doesn't know, is um, the ability to love and own and accept yourself wherever you are, whatever shape, whatever size, whatever weight, it doesn't matter. It's just owning and loving your body exactly as it is um, and believing that you are worthy exactly as you are. So um, ditching the diet culture and the toxic, you know, all the toxic information out there that tells you your body's not good enough and learning to love it as it is. I love that. I love that. And I wonder, I mean, what your thoughts are on, um, you know, we want to find that body positivity and sort of being happy with our bodies as they are, but also, you know, it's also good to have some motivation to, to be healthy and pursue yoga and that kind of thing as well. It's not just, you know, being happy with what we've we've got and then not, um, you know, nourishing our bodies inside and out. Like how can we find that balance between, you know, um, sort of pursuing health and, and pursuing maybe even, even to some degree, you know, aesthetics, um, but still having that body positivity and self-love at the same time? Yeah, I think that that's a really great question. Um, and that's definitely something that I think people struggle with in the body positivity realm, because you have a lot of people that are like, well, you can't, be a body positive activist. And then, you know, you're pursuing weight loss still, which is totally false. I think that, um, there's no problem with pursuing weight loss or health and whatever that looks like for you. I think it's your reasons why, um, why are you wanting to pursue weight loss and, and health? Is it because you feel like your body's not good enough and you are feeling pressured by media and the stigmas surrounding, um, full-bodied women and a fat phobic society or are you really wanting to feel strong and take care of you know this machine that we live in and live the healthiest longest best life possible and I think it's really knowing your why and then being able to have this healthy balance of I not like a goal where you feel like you're going to love yourself when I get to this point, but really loving and accepting yourself along the way and knowing that you're doing the best you can um, for your physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional body, not just your aesthetic. Mm, I love that. Just that distinction between, you know, loving where you're at today, whether or not you're on a journey of, of weight, lo- weight loss or, you know, whatever that is or, or health. Um, you know, loving where you are today and that, you know, that will grow as we go on. It all, it does for all of us if we're on this journey, but, but yeah, I love that. That's awesome. So for you, when you discovered, I mean, body positivity and started to make these shifts, do you think you realized that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't normal and it wasn't a normal way of being to, 
um, have all this, you know, all these negative feelings about your body. Cause I feel like, you know, at the age, like late high school, early twenties and that sort of thing, most, most women we're surrounded by are so self-conscious and, you know, always saying comments negatively about their body and all this sort of thing. Like, did you, how did you realize that it, it wasn't okay and make a choice to flip that around? Yeah. Um, how did I realize that wasn't okay? I think that I, I'm trying to think of the moment that I feel like there's some pretty distinct influences when it comes to body positivity that I've had some, just some wake up calls. And, um, I think the beauty of social media is that it has given some really amazing platforms to some activists, um, to be able to spread a different message than what we've always known our entire lives. So I think, you know, when I was in high school, I think we had like MySpace. I don't know. It was not, we didn't have Instagram and this huge world full of, um, different platforms and messages. But I think that I just started realizing that over time, the things that I had been taught and the, the thoughts that I thought about myself and those, a lot of those are learned by society, but I just realized like those aren't serving me. Um, and I don't know if it was something I saw or if it was just a moment of feeling, but realizing that whatever has taught me to not like myself has just been learned from everything that I was seeing in the media growing up. Um, from the time I was a young girl until now, um, also seeing how, you know, my mother and my family also had insecurities. So, you know, those were all learned things. Um, so I think it was just a moment of finally recognizing that I, I didn't need to think that way. And then as social media started to develop and you see people like Ashley Graham that are more full-bodied models and, um, all these, there's a million beautiful platforms out there that you just see that it's, there's not only one way of beauty anymore. So I think it was over time just seeing these little messages and influences that kind of built my, you know, my fuel to keep pursuing them. I love that. So, I mean, what are the things today that, that people can sort of start to do to move away from this, you know, body shaming and, and, you know, having these negative feelings about their bodies. Like I know social media for me was a huge one. I used to follow a lot of fitness models and and that kind of thing on Instagram. And I didn't realize for a long time, but um, it took me, it took me probably a couple of years to realize that being surrounded by all these images and, you know, really shredded super fit people was just making me feel shit about myself and by just unfollowing anyone that I was comparing myself to it's created these huge shifts and I no longer feel that way I'm just comparing myself to myself which is a much better space to be in so what can people do to start to make these shifts in their lives social media and you know other areas as well Yeah, I think that first and foremost, it starts with yourself. And I think the biggest thing that helped me um, in my journey is my self-talk. So how every day when I looked in the mirror, how was I perceiving myself? 
um, even if I was having a bad day with how I felt about myself, I would make sure that I, for I basically forced myself to look in the mirror and say something kind, whether that was in my head or, you know, out loud, I did it consistently every day until I started believing it, um, which is basically, you know, our entire lives, we say things in our, to ourselves, we have more conversations with ourselves than we do anyone else. So if we're not aware of the thoughts that we're saying to ourselves and we're constantly hating our bodies, we start to believe that message over time and that's what happened to me. So I had to rewrite that. So every day I looked in the mirror and every thought that went through my head, I tried to make it something positive. And if it wasn't positive, I just had to turn it around and make sure that I told myself something better than I just did a moment ago. Um, and along with the social media, I agree. I think we have to like refresh and detox our feeds and get rid of anything that isn't serving us. So whether that's accounts, like you were saying, that are spreading a message that isn't aligned with, with what you're trying to do for yourself, because to each of us, it's going to be unique. Um, I know for me, it was unfollowing a lot of, you know, like fitness models and these people that are, they have body physiques that I'm really never going to have unless I really want to, and I don't want to anymore. So I just start unfollowing those people and starting to actually follow people that were going to serve me and help me on my journey. Um, you know, nutritionists that really knew what they were doing and full bodied women and just people that were doing things in a healthier way that aligned with what I wanted to do with my life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I totally agree with all of that. So have you used other tools like journaling or meditation or anything like that as well to sort of change your script? Yeah, I think that, well, I'm, you know, I'm big on writing. So I definitely use writing as a tool. Um, my notes in my phone are basically just message upon message after just thoughts that I have throughout the day um, as a way to kind of like unload or to just express myself and my, what I'm going through in that moment. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that really helped me become comfortable in my body was yoga. Um, and it just forced me to be present with myself. Um, and yoga is such a beautiful thing because you, it's your own practice. So whatever you're doing, you know, it's, it's whatever is within you that day and however it moves you, it moves you. And there was no expectations. It was just me and my mat. And which was also very challenging because you know, when you're on a mat and you're in yoga class, your thoughts are here and they can't be, you know, you can't say them to the person next to you and you can't write them out. You just got to feel them. You got to go through it and you just got to work through it. So I think yoga was a huge part of me finding comfort within myself. Um, and building that strength, that physical strength too, knowing that I'm solid in my body, that I'm, my foundation is here. Um, and yeah, so I think yoga, writing, meditation as well. Um, I think mantras are huge. So, I mean, just being able to repeat to myself when I'm having a bad day, like you are enough, you are enough, you are enough you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are strong, you know, those little things, those are huge parts of self-growth and self-love and acceptance. And it's just telling your brain what it needs to hear. Yeah. I love that. So if someone's listening to all of this and they're like, you know, the yoga sounds great and 
um, the, you know, changing the way I'm talking to myself all sounds great. What's some ways that they could go and implement this, I suppose, into their daily routine? Maybe they're not a yoga teacher like, like you or myself. Like how can they go and integrate these, these habits to start to shift their mindset and cultivate that self-love in themselves? Yeah, I think um, one of the first things I did when I was starting to learn how to talk, you know, the positive self-talk and these different things was I had sticky notes on my mirror that said, you are beautiful, positive thoughts only, you know, and it sounds so cheesy, but those little reminders really saved me while I was in my healing process. Um, so I think it's figuring out what works for you. For me, it was the visual reminders. Um, so when you're just starting having those, and also I think a huge part of someone getting started is being able to be authentic and real to yourself. Um, a huge part of what I, my journey before I even knew how to do yoga, before I knew meditation and was a teacher and all those things was I decided to start putting out to the world on my social media and to my family and friends, I was just going to be real and authentic. And if I was having a bad day, I was going to be honest about it. And if I wanted to wear a belly shirt and I wasn't totally, you know, happy with my physical body, I was still going to wear it because I was trying to build my confidence and the courage to do things that were outside my comfort zone to, to teach myself that I can. Um, so I think it's just little things every day being consistent um, that are going to help you on this road. So you're doing an amazing job sharing everything on your Instagram. I mean, it's super inspiring and it's been a really good reminder for me. Um, you know, every time I see one of your posts or your stories pop up, just reminding me to, you know, not, not compare myself and, and love where I'm at. So that's really amazing. But how do you think all of us, you know, everyone listening to this podcast can start to shift that within the communities around them? Because starting to become aware all of this, then I often hear someone in my family or a friend saying negative things about themselves and it can really bring you back into that, back into that negative place and drag you down. So how can we start to shift this within uh, the circles around us and within society as a whole? Yeah, I think that's a great question and I, it's an exciting question because I think that we're in a, a phase in the media world right now that we're making a shift and we're working towards that. Um, and I think that shifts happen with doing things like we are right now, which is talking about it and um, really using our platforms to make changes, whether that's, you know, our conversations with our friends, our family, our Instagrams, our Facebooks, our blogs, whatever that is, um, being real and authentic and honest about our struggles, about our accomplishments, but ultimately like being transparent and sharing the things that maybe you've always been embarrassed to share. I mean, I know that there was years that I would never post a photo that showed a freaking roll or a stretch mark, or I would use a skinny app to make myself look skinnier. And I was just making everyone believe that I was something I wasn't. And I was also doing a lot of harm because people that looked at my profile will then be like, well, I wish I was that skinny, but I wasn't that skinny. I just used an app to make myself look like that. So I think that how we make a shift is being real and talking about these things that are uncomfortable to talk about at times. Um, 
you know, when I first started posting photos of like my roles and, you know, exposing a lot of skin on social media, I know that that was so uncomfortable for my parents. <laughs> I had to call my mom and be like, you're not going to like what I posted today, but just read the message first so that you understand the photo. Um, and so I think it's those uncomfortable moments of growth that are necessary for us to be able to create stronger generations of young women and girls and people in general that are going to come. Um, so yeah, the shift is going to come with the conversations, being honest and open about what we're experiencing and not being afraid to be different um, and just owning your truth, whatever that is. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I've definitely noticed how um, conscious I am of, of sharing certain photos and that sort of thing. And I think that's that's changing, but something that I really need to work on as well. So you're such an inspiration in that way too. So thank you. For that. So Kay is an amazing writer. So I know you have a little something that you might be able to share with us today. I do. I, this is um, something I know, you know, my mission in this, in my writing and my sharing and my platform is to create stronger generations of women. Um, and so something that I wrote a long time ago, I'll share with you. Um, and it says, we are teaching young women to weigh their bodies before weighing out life's options, opportunities, and outcomes. I will teach my daughter to stand fearlessly on a scale, knowing not an ounce of her worth can be measured in numbers. So that's something short that I wrote a while ago, um, but it really is the foundation for my mission and realizing that we are not setting up our younger generations for success um, as far as self-love and self-worth and self-compassion, um, believing their bodies are good enough, we're just preparing them, you know, we're not preparing them for that at all right now. Um, so I want to be a difference maker. I want to raise a daughter if I'm blessed with a daughter or a son um, to know that they are good enough exactly as they are um, and to know that their worth can only be measured by them. Um, and so that was my writing is always something that, um, like I said, is an outlet for me. So that's something that I wrote uh, maybe you know, three years ago or so. Oh, I love it. I had goosebumps. It's so, so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. That's mm -hmm. awesome. And I mean, if there's anyone with, with children listening or, you know, young people in their lives, um, how, how can they start to share this message with those people? Yeah, I think that it's, you have to find the balance, you know, with your kids and um, what, how are you empowering them? So I know, you know, as a young girl, um, as much as I preach body positivity and talking about my body, I also think that at times we can talk too much about our bodies with young kids where they're only worried about their physical body and what that might look like. So I think that you have to find your balance and um, first of all, just empowering them as much as you can and talking to them, you know, like they're just a human, like, you know, telling them how great they are and how wonderful they are and all these things, but also, you know, telling them how strong they are and how capable their bodies are um, and not just their physical aesthetic. 
Um, and then I think the biggest thing that we can do as adults around younger children is noticing how we respond to ourselves in front of the mirror, in front of food, and how we talk about, you know, diet culture and um, self-love and self-hate and all those things in front of our kids because we learn so much from our parents. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I'd love to move on to some sort of rapid fire questions now. Okay. So putting you on the spot here. <laughs> so first up, what did you have for breakfast? Oh my gosh. I had this delicious wrap this morning. It was um, a like spinach tortilla. It had chickpeas, hummus, spinach, beets, and that's it, I think, in there. And, and uh, sweet potato. Yum. That sounds really good. I love that. And I love shaking up breakfast as well because everyone thinks they need to have cereal or something like that. And it's really nice to be able to have these savory, sugar-free options. Yum. That sounds awesome. So what is your favorite health hack right now? Or life Um, hack? (laughs) Health hack? Life hack? Um, I've been really on, I mean, I'm not a nutritionist at all, but I've been really on this juicing thing where I've been loving going in. I don't, I don't make them at home because I don't have a juicer, but I just go to press juicery and they have these, um, delicious, like, I don't know if it's called like a health kicker or something. It's lemon, cayenne and ginger. And there's these little like shots. And I love just having one every day right now, just like makes me feel rejuvenated and just like spike, you know, spike something in me. Yum. Yeah. That like immunity sort of shot. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what's the most life-changing book you've read? Ooh, life-changing book. That is a hard one. I think, um, actually, I'm just going to say that my life-changing book, because it was within the time that I was going, needed it the most, was Rupi Carr's um, Milk and Honey and um, her newest book that she just had, The Sun and Her Flowers. Mm. They're poetry. Mm. Oh, amazing. I love it. I thought you'd have something good to say on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So how about a standard day in the life of you? What does that look like? Um, Maybe your routines and maybe some, how you integrate sort of um, some of these self-love practices and that sort of thing in your day to day as well. Yeah. um, A standard day will start um, when I wake up in the morning, I do my stretching it's one of my non-negotiables. So I make sure that I just move my body a little bit. Um, and that always just starts my day off really well. Um, it kind of just sets the tone for making sure that I am not tense and I breathe and I'm ready to tackle the day. Um, I have a regular, you know, nine to five style job that pays my bills while I chase my passions. Um, so on my way to work every day, I listen to podcasts. So usually I listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast because I'm just a huge fan of Oprah. But lately I've been listening to Pretty Big Deal podcast, which is one of Ashley Graham's. Um, And she's just super empowering and has awesome people on there. So I love to listen to a podcast. I go to work, I get my work done, but on my lunch, I'm always working on writing. So 
I'm working on writing books. I'm working on um, developing my own podcast and some really cool programs that hopefully I can launch next year that help people kind of recondition their minds um, and start to build a platform for themselves to just build their worth. So anyway, after that, after my lunch, I come home, I spend time with my fiance and my dogs. Um, we'll watch some Netflix and she always makes me dinner every night. I am not the cook in this house. She is. And that sounds like an amazing deal. <laughs> so nice to come home to. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a win. And, um, you know, it depends on the day, but I'll try and move my body some more, whether that's yoga or catching a workout with my fiance. She's a personal trainer, um, and movement coach. And so we'll try and do that. And then just winding down. Mm -hmm. And how do you, do you have any practices before you go to bed? Um, like, I don't know, dimming the lights and candles or salt lamps or that sort of thing or yeah, so I'm big into essential oils. So I have like this, you know, whole mixture that's just like lavender and these peppermint and these sleepy oils. And so I kind of just bathe in that. Um, I have this. Um, <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> my fiance doesn't love it, but I just stay on my side of the bed. Um, and so I put the salt lamp on. Um, and then it's like a Himalayan rock salt lamp. And then, um, we have these fake candles, you know, so it's, we're not going to burn the house down while we're sleeping. I always have those on every night. Um, and so it's just really calm. And then I always listen to ocean sounds at night or rain sounds. So I was just cracking up with my fiance because everyone's posting their like Spotify like rap of the year of all the music they've listened to and their top songs and their top artists. And I was like, cool, I want to do that and see what I've been listening to. And literally every single category was like nature sounds, ocean sounds, rainstorms. And I was like, all right, so I'm not a cool person, but I'm happy with my life. <laughs> so oh, that is hilarious. Mine was similar. It was like 50% yoga music and and that sort of thing as well <laughs> it makes for a bit of an interesting mix but I have been listening to it so what is the number one piece of advice that you could give to anyone who's listening right now maybe something that they can go and take action on today I think my biggest piece of advice is that you hold all your answers and you hold all of your healing um, and you hold your future within yourself. So before you seek answers from outside sources and, um, you know, your partner or, you know, your friendships and all those things that we kind of lean on, I would say if you're in a hard place or you've struggled with something, make sure that you've taken a moment with yourself to check in and say, where can I serve myself? And maybe where do I need to pay more attention to? Um, and see if you need to start reconditioning something that you've maybe told yourself for a really long time that you can rewrite. Mm, mm, I love that. So, so important and something, you know, so underrated our own intuitions, but we really do hold so many answers. I love that. So where is the best place for people to find you online and follow along with you? I would say the best place right now is Instagram. 
Um, and my Instagram handle is Kaylin Marisol. Um, K-A-Y-L-Y-M-N-M-A-R-I-S-O-L. It's kind of long, but you'll I find me. You have to spell that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So if you search me there, um, I think that's the best place mm-hmm. right now. And from there, I'll just kind of shout out my projects and where they can find me deeper. And they can also email me there or DM me and I'm happy to have conversations. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I will put Kay's handle in the show notes. So you'll be able to find that there. And I definitely recommend following along with her because she's just such an inspiration and she's sharing lots of amazing info on there and, and herself and just being vulnerable, which is amazing. I love it. So thank you so much for being on the show and sharing all of your wisdom with us. I'll have to have you on here again sometime soon been amazing chatting with you and thank you for just sharing your message with the world i think it's something that's really really important and more people need to need to be you know witnessing what you're sharing with us so thanks for that thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to talk about it yeah it's been awesome thank you so much all right fran thanks see ya bye thanks for listening to another episode of the me talks podcast i hope you enjoyed it If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to create a plan to reach your personal health goals, head to frandargaville.com and schedule your free functional nutrition strategy session. If you want to connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.